Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Uh, things have opened up. I, I went into the office a couple times this week. Uh, I, I, I went to a restaurant with friends Ooh, look at you. and had beer. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know it's no big deal to those of you in Los Angeles because I've heard that's just been open and people have moved on a long time ago and everything's back as it once was, but it's new here. Um, I don't know which Los Angeles you're talking about because not, well, not my Los Angeles. You don't leave the house, so. <laughs> well, when I do reasons. go out, everybody's still masked up. Hey, man, I bought a car this week. I spent a lot of time out of the house. <laughs> that's true. You did. Um, yeah, but I guess mask mandates, uh, even indoors in Los Angeles, are going out at the end of this month, and things are starting to open up here again, too. So, uh, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of life back again. Don't get used to it. I know. It's going to go away again. <laughs> <laughs> of course it will. Of course it will. Uh, we got a bit of follow-up. Jason and many, many, many other people have pointed out that my quote about Elf needing food badly and Wizard needs food badly was from the game Gauntlet. I could not remember the, the name of the game, but that was it. I remember playing it at, uh, at Disneyland. It was a four-seater, and uh, four people could play it once. Fantasy game. It was a lot of fun. Actually, probably the last video game I played. <laughs> I remember seeing it at the arcade. I never got into it, though. It was one of the few that I didn't get into. One right. of the very few. <laughs> a little NFT follow-up. I mean, it, this is it's just bordering on comical now. Finally, Reuters is on, on board. Mm -hmm. They've been getting better with their NFT coverage, and uh, they have a... Uh, an article this week called Unreal Demand, Irregular Sales Worth Billions Fire Up Wild NFT Markets. And it comes back to exactly what we've been saying. Is this from six months ago? Beginning. <laughs> I know. That's what, it's taken them long enough to catch up. But this is an article about wash trading and how everybody's just pumping up their, their NFTs to make them look like somebody wants them and then offloading them and uh, running away to Belize with all the monies. Okay. Nice place, I hear. I hear. Especially I hear. if you've got all the monies. Yep. Uh, wait, wasn't that where McAfee went to? <laughs> so, I think so. Is that where he did his mask panty? I can't remember. Uh, no, the, I think the mask panty was in Switzerland. Uh, oh, okay. No, that's where he killed his neighbor because his neighbor was a, an asshole. So his neighbor deserved it, by the way. But that's what you get in Belize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, he killed the guy's dogs. That, that, that's He deserved what he got. Anyway, uh, Only speaking Only Keanu of Reeves gets to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, McAfee got away with it, so I guess he does too. And uh, speaking of things and people not getting away with it, Rivian. Yes. I just, uh, yeah, they're not doing too well. Not doing too well, well at all. You know, uh, it, it's a good idea. Uh, by all accounts, I, I know somebody that actually got one and uh, it loves it, but they only made like five of them. I so. know that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta ramp up your production before you know you should be worth fifty five billion dollars. I'm just saying. Like again, I, the speculation in, in the stock market, and I, I guess I, I suppose that there are probably uh, grumpy old stockbrokers sitting around at a bar right now, going, "We should make a podcast because everything was fine <laughs> until the great unwashed masses started investing." <laughs> <laughs> probably probably because that's I just, a, I, you know you 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 got to you got to do your research and you invest in a company that has good fundamentals producing 10 cars a year that's that's for that's for people that have stupid funny money and want to take the risk 
Well, I mean, this is just this is like it just drives home the fact that the story cannot carry a company. Yes, Rivian has a great story. Yes, Rivian has a great product for all six people that have one. Yeah. You know, their their goal for last year was twelve hundred units. They fell short by almost two hundred units. Yep. So when when you're only making twelve hundred or something, come on, guys. Yeah, you know? if your stock is being if you're being evaluated a fifty five billion dollar company and you make a thousand cars, come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they're worth right now. And that's after their stock has fallen two thirds and is below the IPO price. So yep. I'm sure Scott Galloway would have something to say about that. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah. In the news. Well, let's keep on riding that NFT train because it feels like the tide seems to be turning in addition to Rivian or Rivian. I'm getting all my all our, our stories. <laughs> Reuters finally got catching on to the news from six months ago. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are are kind of souring on this whole thing. Certainly journalists are. Uh, a couple great articles in a row. I'm not going to. They're all fun reads. I'll just hit some bullet points. Uh, first, celebrities and NFTs are a match made in hell. And this uh, talks specifically about that cringeworthy clip. Uh, from the Tonight Show with uh, you know, Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon basically blowing smoke up each other's asses and really awkwardly talking about how much they love their stupid fucking apes. I think history is going to look back as that that is the turning moment where the unwashed masses kind of turned on celebrity NFTs because it was so bad. I yes, mean uh, as this article points out, it's gross. Watching two millionaires yeah. promote a mechanism of passive wealth accumulation while they unconvincingly pretend to be interested in art or community is viscerally revolting. <laughs> viscerally revolting. <laughs> this is a great article. If Hilton and Fallon and their celebrity friends are going to go out there and pump and dump their way to additional uh, wealth, they could at least do the rest of us the courtesy of being a little more discreet about it. Instead, they sound like they think this is stupid and like they think the rest of us might be stupid enough to buy in. Yeah, that, that sums it up. Yep. Second article, the crypto backlash is booming. When I spoke with Wood, the co-founder of Ethereum, and asked him whether he was surprised by the recent, recent pushback against Web3, he seemed unfazed. People are just afraid of change, he said, and that's okay, because as with any major societal shift, Web3 will be brought about in waves. First, there's the builders, he said, the people who are building the next generation of stuff. I would like to interject here. Building what? Exactly. exactly. I would like to know what has been built. Because I don't see shit. He goes on. Then there's a broader group of influential people who think quite deeply about how it is that they're living their lives. Replace that with invested early and are pumping and dumping to make a fuck ton of money. That's what's happened. That's the second wave. And then it goes on. He goes on. If this is a second group buys into a coherent argument as to why the major societal shift is to their benefit, they will largely drag along the rest of the population. And the article sums it up with the being dragged along is what people really, really resent. And that resentment is becoming a force of its own. Yep. Okay. And the third article. <laughs> <laughs> The internet is just investment baking now, and I'm not going to sum up any of this. This is just a great read, and this is uh, basically just saying we cannot let this keep going because basically they want to put everything on the internet as a financial transaction, and that is fucking weird and no way to live your life. True, true. I mean, yep. what was it? Uh, look at Venmo. I mean, that's all you have to do is look at the case, case study of Venmo. Mm -hmm. That's all the blockchain is. It's just another version of Venmo. Yep. Anyway, uh, speaking of NFTs a little bit more, uh, they the, the people over at BuzzFeed, for some strange reason, felt like doxing the creators of the Board 8 Yacht Club. Nah, yeah. I, I, I'm torn on this one. 
to some degree, I hate these people, but doxing is fucked up. And, but it's not really because, I mean, these people are, you know, culturally relevant and newsworthy right. when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of gross. But then again, so are NFTs. So where do you draw the line? And it kind of you points know? out the whole thing that everybody that's against this stuff is kind of saying. You don't want everything on the blockchain. And when Gasp. we were able to find out, <laughs> when we were able to find out the true identities by going through the blockchain, well, doesn't that point out a fatal flaw in the system? Yeah, when uh, let's have everything anonymous but record everything. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I never understood that part of it. I'm like, how is <laughs> how how is this anonymous if all the information is in there for everyone to see? Yes, which the uh, the next set of stories will, will drive <laughs> yes, home. Uh, Dan sent us this. A bunch of other people did. And, of course, you could not avoid it in the news. A couple arrested for laundering $3.6 billion in Bitcoin. I think this was from – which one was it? The Mount – Bitfinex. Some, Bitfinex uh, steal. Uh, they used some of the Bitcoins to, of course, buy NFTs, which is eventually how they were tracked down and, and caught. Uh, this is Ilya Lichtenstein and his wife, Heather Morgan, who – started to make a career dispensing advice and opinions on cryptocurrencies prospects and the importance of safeguarding your stash. <laughs> Apparently they did, they decided rather than teaching they would do the opposite yeah. and uh, took advantage of people's foibles and stole a bunch and then tried to launder it and uh, guess what the justice department apparently got off their asses and did a little research and because of blockchain and yep. the fact that all your information is out there they got caught. They got caught. And uh, the lengths to which the the DOJ went to get these guys is pretty incredible. I mean, the fact that these people did, you know, technically most everything right, you know, ran it through multiple exchanges, ran it through different currencies and back again, mm-hmm. you know, transferred it to Monero and sent it around the world thrice Wittershins. And they still got busted. Shows you that, uh, yeah, maybe that anonymity thing is kind of bullshit, like yeah. we've always said. But my favorite part of the story <laughs> has to do with Heather Morgan, the the wife of in this course. scenario. Uh, she has uh, – I love this article about it because what was unclear to us at the time was that an even greater crime had played out across Morgan's <laughs> social media pages, her rap career. <laughs> so she uh, apparently performed under the name Rosalcon, seemingly spent all of her time she was not allegedly shifting around $3.6 billion in cryptocurrency, shooting very low-rent rap videos, which makes you wonder what they were using the money on because they were not using it on production. Uh, If you've seen Cutthroat Country, it provides an overview of Morgan's many talents as a rapper. Her delivery is tuneless, the bars are cringe, and the accompanying music video isn't much better. But the best part is that she implicates herself in the exact money laundering scheme she stands accused of carrying out in her lyrics. Spearfish your password, all your funds transferred, which sounds like a banger to me. She sings in the 236 <laughs> mark of the song. So awesome. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer group of folk. Yep. But I, I have not been able to watch the videos. I, I think I'm just going to let let it go with it. And l- yeah, let the, the cringeworthiness, like, you know, I, I want it to be a mystery. Yes. I don't I don't need to know. Just enjoy the shot and Freud without full knowledge. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been all over the news that Meta says that they might have to uh, close down Facebook and Instagram if the EU doesn't change their rules on uh, data sharing. Yes, and, and uh, uh, I think the prevalent points here are what fucking balls to tell a country <laughs> you have to change your rules for us. And the better thing is the reaction. No. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> go okay. go away. 
That would be kind of nice, is what they said. <laughs> would you, it, it, now, if we don't change the law, will you promise to leave the EU? <laughs> Can we really get you to go? Is it that simple? Because that would be lovely. Yes. So called your bluff on that one, Zuckerberg. Totally called the bluff. It was amazing. I love it. It's it's probably it's it's one of the first smiles I've had doing our tech podcast for quite some time. I know, I know. Um, yeah, and uh, the our border patrol is now going to start uh, releasing robot dogs into the wild. Can't can't wait for that one. What could possibly uh, go wrong? Yeah, it's, it's apparently too hot for humans to uh, be out there in the desert heat. So they're going to put out dogs to look for humans that are out in the desert heat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's apparently not uh, hot enough for people who are trying to get in, but uh, for the law enforcement folks. Riding the border, they say, yeah, it's a little too much for us. I might schwitz. So bring right. in the robot dogs. Okay. Uh, hopefully non-lethal. I'm sure this is not going to go well. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, SpaceX has lost 40 Starlink satellites to a geomagnetic, geomagnetic storm. Yay, storm! Yay, storm! Can we get a few more of you, please? Uh -huh. You got so 2,000 to go. Yeah, almost all of the Starlink internet satellites that a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket carried beyond the atmosphere on February 3rd will not reach their intended orbit because a storm took place that had an uh, impact on liftoff, and they're not going to hit the right trajectories. About 40 of them will re-enter or have already entered Earth's atmosphere in what they are claiming as a win— SpaceX is saying <laughs> that look how good our systems are because these deorbiting satellites pose no collision risk and they will re-enter the atmosphere and create no orbital debris. No satellite parts are expected to hit the ground. Yeah, but thanks for all those uh, carbon emissions for putting your uh, rocket up into space. Although, wait a minute, those I don't know if those use carbon. I thought those might be some other kind of jet fuel. Anyway, yes. still they they, so, pull, they they still shot a bunch of shit up that they didn't need to. And they've lost forty. There are still over two thousand already up yeah. there. They are petitioning to get up to thirty thousand satellites to provide global internet coverage. Uh, oh God, and uh, you know, as we've all been talking about, it's destroying the night sky, urban light pollution, all of that sort stuff they have added what they call sunshades to its satellites in 2020 to make them look less bright but according to sky and telescope they do look a bit fainter but they're still visible so no yeah but we might have a solution grant has All sent right, this, bring it on. this article in uh he's it's a chinese space cleaner a Chinese All satellite right. was spotted in late January grabbing another long-dead satellite and days later throwing it into a graveyard orbit 300 kilo kilometers away where objects are less likely to hit spacecraft. So we've got a little spacecraft out there running around like the little uh, little guys in Star Wars. We'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. It's a space tug. I wouldn't exactly call it throwing it away. It's just moving it to a less dangerous orbit. Throwing it yeah. away would be, I don't know, tossing it into the sun. Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Something a little more fun. Yep. But uh, or recycling it, you know, something. But yeah. Well, I mean, hey, it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. So yeah, uh, they're just trying to hit that three hundred kilometer mark. So uh, you know, uh, Richard Branson's little space <laughs> joyride won't hit it. And of course, you know, we can't just have what is objectively good news because it is the Chinese. So the whole rest of the article is: what if their what if their satellite comes and grabs our satellites? Oh, God. What if? What if? I'm so t sick of living in what if. What if Rivian actually made trucks? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, but this next one's no joke. What if DARPA decided to take a Black Hawk helicopter and make it pilotless? Well, worry no longer. They have done it. So they uh, they actually, yeah, they uh, it's called the Air Crew Labor In-Cockpit Automation System. 
Uh, so this is a thing that they can just basically drop in where a human goes and it can fly the helicopter. Um, yeah. And they, they say that it's uh, so pilots can focus on other priorities during missions rather than flying a whole helicopter. Uh, okay. What was rule well, I mean, number if, if, one? Do we don't put weapons on bots? Well, that's, that is not rule number one, Brian. Well, it should <laughs> Rule be. number one is you don't talk about Fight Club. Right. But uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to happen. I, at least we're getting closer to the Daniel Suarez, you know, uh, Freedom TM demon timeline. Yes. So. Uh, I think they need a rebrand. I think that's the real problem here. They should go for Pink Hawk. Something nicer. Rainbow Hawk. I don't mm. know. Just make it feel more cuddly. Have you ever been in close proximity to one of those things when they're in, in motion, either a Blackhawk or a Cobra? Why would I? <laughs> uh, I? I don't know if you've ever been. I have. No, no. And I don't, there's, there's no rainbow color in the world that is not going to make your sphincter clench up and want to run as fast as you can in the <laughs> other direction. They are the most terrifying machines that we have ever created as far as I'm concerned. So they're, they're, they're neat. <laughs> Right. As long as you're, as long as you're, as long as uh, they're not shooting at you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You see one coming for you. Uh, yeah. It's over. It's just over. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower, gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com code GOG. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? 
the amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once, they continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. 
PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Media Candy. Brian, I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Tinder Swindler. Nice uh, this is this is one of those things that I have seen buzzing around. It's it's definitely gone semi-viral. I have no idea what it is. Am I going to enjoy the Schadenfreude from afar? No, it's uh, actually no. you're going to want to throw something at your TV. Uh, it's basically a guy who is a scam artist who was uh, uh, getting girls to give him money, and then he was using that money on new girls who would then eventually give him money, and then get new girls that would eventually give him money, and so okay. goes the cycle. I, I- I am going to make an off-color joke here that will probably come back to bite me in this new woke uh, culture. But uh, bring it on! It, would you call it a pussy scheme? I would instead of a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. Yes, okay. it was absolutely okay. yes. Um, his pussy's all the way down. Uh, the problem with this guy is uh, he's free. He's living in Israel, free as a bird, and actually doing uh, like business marketing videos now. Even though everybody knows who he is, he says he's going to sue Netflix over it, but. Uh, the long and the short of it is he got away with it. So yeah, it's sounds very, like it. very annoying. Yeah, pretty annoying. Uh, I have been watching Reacher on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they did fix the one problem with the Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher uh, uh, movie series. Have you seen any of those movies? I, I have not. It's, yeah, not my thing. Have you, have you read any of the books? Nope, not my thing. Also not your thing. Well, the thing about Jack Reacher is he's supposed to be a giant. And uh, Tom Cruise is not so much. He's a very wee man. He's a very yes, wee man. He, he wears lifts to reach up to most people. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, that's not to say he's not talented and has balls of steel for all the stunts that he does. But uh, mm-hmm. little big man syndrome will not make you six foot five in a tank, But which they fixed in Jack Reacher and uh, or the new Reacher series. I love it so far. It's It's not great. It's actually kind of poorly written and woodenly acted, but it's fun. It's one of those things that we can pop on and watch one a night and, you know, it's good. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. It's not as good as the Jack Ryan series that they just redid, but um, it's pretty good as far as, you know, just popcorn, late night TV. Uh, I did finish the Beforeiners season one. I don't know if I'm going to go on to season two. Okay. Uh, it was kind of, it seemed kind of hastily ended on season one. And uh, I don't know if I like the way that it's going. I might if I get really bored, but it's not a, this is not a glowing review of the Beforeiners. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Sadly enough, I thought it was going someplace, but uh, I think they, they suffer from uh, Ronald D. Moore syndrome where they, they launched the ship, but they didn't know where it was going to land. Oh, uh, yeah. That 
happens a lot. Uh, I'm waiting to see if that's going to happen to the show I'm watching or not. But uh, speaking of the popcorn, just fun late night TV, I am all in now on Manifest. I've slid through season one. And I'm into season two. And as far as I can tell, it's actually getting better. Um, I'm hoping that they have some sort of landing. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm actually loving the show now. I'm all in. I like it. In fact, I've gotten okay. past the semi-wooden acting and the somewhat clunky writing, and now my only complaint is the goddamn music stings. They use them too often, <laughs> and they use the same damn ones all the damn time. <laughs> okay. Well, I, maybe I'll check it out then. Because It's not I, bad, I man. I'm really enjoying it. Okay. Okay. Well... <laughs> that's you know compared to my reviews that's more than i brought to the table so hey i'll give it a shot yeah. ups and doodads well apple is buying up some new stuff they got a new music startup called infinite music engine mm -hmm. uh it's basically uh some ai music you know shenanigans where they're supposed to uh take your heartbeat and they adapt the music on the fly to it there was a there was another app that i had for a while called endel which uses used uh, like phases of the moon and biometrics from your workouts and all this stuff to create music for you. Right. And uh, I, 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 I bought a year subscription to it and I listened to it for all of 12 minutes, I believe. <laughs> so, you know, it was like five bucks a minute by the time I did the math on it. It's just, it wasn't great. It, yeah. I, it's not something I really dug. You so. know, I, I, I mean, I get why they want to do it. Uh, the, the key phrase here, royalty free soundtracks. That's that's exactly. big. Yeah. That's big because if you're trying to launch a fitness empire uh, and you want to use music, uh, as Peloton knows very well, you got to pay for that, and you got to pay a lot for that. And uh, if you can figure out a way that people like uh, to do something that you don't have to pay for, that's great. Uh, I've listened to some of these things. Certainly, I I, I can't stand the 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 biking Peloton style workouts. I have an echelon, and uh, you know they just the music is horrible, and I don't like this people screaming at me and telling me I can reach all my goals all the time. And just shut the fuck up and just I want to ride my bike. That's all I want to do. So, <laughs> you know. In theory, something like this sounds great. I, I like the idea of, of music dynamically shifting to kind of match the pace that I'm going at. I've listened to some of this stuff. It's crap. You know, just throw on some EDM and you're good. Like, all you need is Nitzereb. Just just license Nitzereb and you've got the best soundtrack for working out ever. Done. Actually, I, I, I beg to differ. There was a Crystal Method one that they did for Nike. Oh, that, that was, was good. Uh, 20, that was 28 really minutes good. long. Oh, yep. I listen to that all the time when I'm going out for walks. It's, it gives you the ramp up, the workout, the cool down. Um, <laughs> I think they renamed it. Uh, I think the album is called Into the Night Now. No, that's, it, it that's an one, actual, actual oh, album. A, I can't remember. That's a different it's, one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because um, what they did, originally it was one 28-minute track, and then it disappeared for years. But fortunately, I had the wherewithal to rip it. Yep. So I had it, and then it finally came back as an album with tracks that you can get, I believe, on most of the streamers. But Yeah, uh, okay. This one's like for free. The, the one tracker. This idea is for free yeah. uh, for all of you out there, for Echelon, for Peloton, for Nike. Instead of, instead of dumping all this money into this AI bullshit music stuff, why don't you, oh, I don't know, commission actual musicians to do things like that? Because it was great. <gasps> I remember that. Yep. Commission Cast. Underworld, commission Nitzareb, commission all these EDM artists to do, you know, 30-minute workout pieces with ramp-ups and hit the right beats. And just do that. Pay a musician for yeah. once. No, 
No, Nine Brian, no. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that, right. that, 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 that goes way too much into the bottom line. Yep. No, 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 no. Yeah. In uh, other Apple news, Apple source code was gone through on GitHub, apparently, uh, and has references to Reality OS for a potential VR, AR headsets that have been rumored forever. Uh, we'll see what's coming. So this came out of multiple sources in recent GitHub open source code and App Store upload logs. Uh, of course, mm. this comes with the warning that could just be a remnant of somebody's pull request from a fake account. So, <laughs> okay, really doing the due diligence there. Yeah, <laughs> must have been slow news week. <laughs> Okie dokie, unreality OS. Okay. Yes. Adelente wrote in and said, hey, guys, I saw this and thought of you. Uh, thought I remember one of you using Adobe. This is just horrible. Well, we both use Adobe. And this is just uh, somebody went through the entire sign-up project and shows how they use, you know, psychological tricks to try to trick you into a 12-month contract. Yeah, yeah they use dark, dark patterns. patterns and yep. things like that. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting read, but it's like one of those things where it's like, kind of stuck using it you know <laughs> what else am i gonna do <laughs> uh in the old days i would just go steal it but nowadays nah too hard it's too fucking hard it's too it's too much work well, besides that, and, and know, i can afford the 9.95 a month or whatever it is for the low package for all i need uh it's 30 bucks a month but uh it's um uh, the thing about it is it's like nowadays when you go steal it, it's like what brand of malware would you like with your you know your <laughs> files from sweden that's yes. really the downside yeah. Well, and uh, Dan sent in a link as well. He said, signed up for the beta on this new browser called Kagi or Kogi or Kagi or whatever, however it's pronounced. I haven't finished the review yet, but sounds good so far. Um, yeah, just again, I have limited time. I'm not going to use a browser that's in beta. Ever. I'm also not going to use a Tesla that's in beta. <laughs> yeah. So, um, looks good. So, yeah, it looks like a browser. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, God, after going through all of the different ones, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Vivaldi works right now. Yeah. Um, he, he, I'll, this is a strange one. I don't know if you have this too. If I don't have a browser window open already with a tab open in it and I click on a link, it just opens up to the start page and will not go to the link. Have you experienced that? No. I don't know what the hell it is. It's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying when I click on a link and if I don't have a Vivaldi window open already, I know most people live with 150 tabs open, but I don't. I'm a very yeah. minimalist with my tabs. So minimalist that the goddamn thing won't launch when I click on a link in, in like if I'm in reader or something. It's so annoying. All right. I, I was wondering if that was just me and apparently it seems to be. Yeah, the, I, I was having some weird issue with Vivaldi a while, like maybe two years ago and you weren't having it. So it, it's, you know, it's a browser. These things are complicated. They are complicated. Uh, but uh, try to build yeah, everything into on this it. one. Let us know. Yeah. yeah, let us know when you finish the review, Dan. At the library. Brian, I did finish Quantum of Nightmares, Laundry Files, Book Eleven by Charles Strauss. Okay. I dug it. Cool. I dug it. All right. And on the heels of that, coming on March first, we have Escape from Yokai Yokai Land, uh, Laundry Files, Book Twelve by mm -hmm. Charles Strauss. Well. It's not literally a book. It is a novella. I looked at the uh, the runtime on the Audible pre-order, and it was an hour and 59 minutes. So to give I was going to say, idea, that is fast for him short. to put out another short. book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Quantum of Nightmares was about 13 hours, I believe. So that gives you an idea of the difference in length. Uh, but it is about Bob. What Yay. about Bob? Bob is back in this one. So I'm going to have to, like, Sadly, I'm, I'm going to need a Netflix-style recap. 
because I don't even yeah. remember what the fuck has happened in that world. So, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard because um, I was trying to think what the hell happened to Bob too, and I'm like, uh, something about taking over the other guy, the eater of the dead's job. Something. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I forgot. Mm, I don't remember. Something. Something. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, I am oh, well. still working my way through Termination Shock. I, I, as I discussed last time, had turned the corner and discovered that I actually really liked the book. I still really like the book, but you know, even getting halfway through the book to discover I like the book means I still have seven hundred thousand pages left to get to the end of the book. <laughs> so, I, I, I am at I think eighty percent now, according to Kindle. So uh, by next week, I hope to be able to yeah, say maybe. I finished. <laughs> So we'll Good see. Good luck, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. And uh, Raph wrote in and said, I really love this book, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. We have the link in the show notes and says, maybe you can post your all-time favorite books, ideally sci-fi, to which I say, once every year or two, we get this exact same request. And once every year or two, we've gone down the road and set up something, including like an Amazon book club thingy. And then we did some sort of thing where I went through and posted a bunch of stuff. And then we did some other thing on social media. And then maybe three people look at it and comment. And basically, there's zero uh, zero reward for a lot of effort to do that. So we like Dune. <laughs> well, Brian likes Dune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm looking up this guy, Blake Crouch. He wrote uh, the Wayward Pine series. So okay. that's why I know his name. Because I, I I watched the TV series, at least the first season. Right. Uh, yeah, because they did a second one and I was just like, nah, <laughs> pass, hard pass. <laughs> I got through the first one. It uh, was, a, was a slog to get through the first one. So uh, I'm glad you liked it. But yeah, uh, I don't know what I, I would say Diamond Age. If you want my favorite book. Uh, uh, sci-fi yeah. based, old neil Diamond stevenson Age. uh you know i love dune we like the Bobiverse series for relatively new stuff uh we like the laundry files with bob the first you know eight or nine uh foundation i think is solid yeah still can't get to get to that one uh was it the uh the big end trilogy by william gibson i love those the case pollard books yeah um yeah, yeah. uh old arthur c clark you know 2001 2010 are actually really great books that whole series is really good um you know, there's there's a whole ton of stuff out there. We talked a lot about it, so you'll just have to do your do your listening. There's 539 episodes of us talking about books, so you can pick <laughs> something out. Security. Ha! We're joined yet again by our friend Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan. And finally, he's the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing just dandy. Good to be back. How's everybody else doing? Peachy keen. So let's get into what one of our listeners has dubbed the Siffy section of the show, since we stopped talking about security and just talk about Star Wars. Um, <laughs> the Boba Fett season and or show finale, we don't really know, has aired, and I found it colossally underwhelming. Yeah, you know, we, we watched the show. We were very excited to sit down and, and enjoy it. And when it was done, my son Jack turned to me and he said, well, that was kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There was uh, the the big battle, the war, uh, just involved uh, a bunch of the alien guys showing up, getting shot, and then a couple more alien guys wandered through the frame, got shot, then a couple more alien mm -hmm. guys. And then the whole Boba Fett riding the Rancor just looked bad and silly and stupid. And uh, the man, you know, the Mandalorian, just as you predicted, end up, ended up with Yoda in his little pod. 
and mm-hmm, uh, off they mm-hmm. went and and no Luke Skywalker was to be seen and we don't really know what happened there and yep. we don't know if the show's coming back or if it's now just going to be a mishmash of plots that go through the Mandalorian who the hell knows what's going to happen now let's hope it doesn't <laughs> come back let's just hope well um... I suspect it will because I'm sure it generated good numbers, to, enough numbers to it bring did. it back. So yeah. that's the number one priority there. Um, it, you know, it, it's amazing to me how small it felt. Yeah. Very small. Very, very small. Right? Yes. And, and the entire village, the entire village was supposed to come and help and the entire village was eight people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's, wow, it's like they ran out of budget. That. Right, yeah. right, and the Vespa gang showed up with their little pea shooters. Yep. Pew, um, pew. <laughs> uh, now I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's a there's a problem with the editing in the action sequences. They're just off. They mm. the the timing is off. They they stay for a beat too long, and they come in a beat too early because all of the fight sequences there's these pauses that are, that shouldn't be there in a well-timed well-edited action sequence and it started with the Vespa gang showing up it's like it doesn't work i guess i guess it kind of started even i think it might have been this whole show then now that i think about it the fight scenes with the sand people when he's learning how to use the stick nice mm-hmm. callback mm-hmm. with the stick at the end of this episode yeah um, that was nice uh, that was the only nice callback <laughs> that I thought. Um, but the, the the timing on the editing has just been off for an action series, I thought. And it has bugged me the entire time. And it was really prevalent this time, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look, I know, Wookie, I know Wookiees are strong, but how many shots from a blaster can a Wookiee actually take? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah. my God. <laughs> that, that guy yeah. should have been dead. And the poor and guy, Marie, everybody survives except for the poor pig pig guys who fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that Wookiee character. I think he's pretty badass, and so I'm. I hope we see more of him. He, yeah. He's a he's a good he's a good he's a, a suitable sidekick. Uh, I wonder, you know, are we going to see at some point Han Solo and Chewbacca? Will they make an appearance? It's certainly possible. Only if they um, bring back the guy from Solo, because yeah. Harrison Ford ain't going to do it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I guess they could deep fake him the way yeah. they did. Luke, but yeah, uh, so yeah. Speaking of, we don't need the actors anymore because yeah, it turns out Luke is no, there's no Hamill to be found even in the voice. So hmm. that was uh, that was interesting. I thought they at least would have had him do his own voice, but guess not. They just got a got an AI to do it for us. Yeah, you'd <laughs> think he would he would have modeled the performance if nothing else. They could base the ai off of him doing a performance but well, yeah, maybe i guess i mean they don't need that yeah they kind of they, they based it off all of his previous performances all of the adr work that he did for star wars and uh books on tape you know they had a wealth to to pull from but you know instead of you know i don't know writing him a check let's just i mean yeah, it you know it, it's in the credits it's quite the callback to the software that we were talking about a couple of years back where dave you were talking about well what if we just feed every single podcast i've ever done through this thing will it get my voice right i guess we have the answer to that mm-hmm. yeah it's headed that way for sure um i don't know my son was telling me that um for the mark hamill stuff this time around uh, ILM actually hired one of the YouTubers who had done a better job than they had <laughs> uh, in one of the you know previous. I guess in the finale of the Mandalorian, yeah, um, someone did a, a better job on oh, his YouTube channel. They hired they that guy. That's cool. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah I, I saw him fix fix it like when the mm-hmm. finale, and he came up with a video where he fixed all the the bad stuff. And I thought he was pretty yeah. good. So I'm glad he got a job out of it. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, sporting of them to to say, hey, this is better. Let's use it, right? I mean, that that's the way it should work. Yep. Yeah, keep these kids off the street instead of making you know low rent porn. That's right. Or you know, riding around on a Vespa with little pew pew guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever, uh, you know, I'm going to watch whatever they put out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that is that is my fate, but uh, it, it was not an impressive finale to this season. I, I guess in a way this finale was representative, the, the unevenness of this finale was representative of this series as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there's a pretty simple algebra for it. The less boba, the better. That seems to be the way it works. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, somebody exactly. take the book of Boba back to the library where it belongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Still no book, by the way. Yeah, no book. No book. <laughs> it's true. There is no book. Hmm. Hey, but we do get Obi-Wan Kenobi, May 25th. I am cautiously optimistic and very excited about this. Easily, I mean, the best actor uh, in the Star Wars fold at the moment, uh, returning to take on a, a character we know an awful lot about. Um I'm excited. I think this is going to be really good. I hope so. Yeah. 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 Again, op- optimistic. I-, I guess my optimism for Ewan McGregor is um, a bit tempered by my uh, caution um, from uh, – what's the name of the other guy? Uh, the Darth Vader guy. Oh, uh, Hayden. Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah. 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 Harvey Manfringensen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he that's just doesn't true. seem to fit inside the Vader costume to me. Like Vader was a big guy, and uh, you know that's because of uh, I suppose the prosthetics and the all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It just yeah, never he's supposed to be. A I never believed him. Force. Yeah, I <laughs> never believed him inside the suit. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, again, I'm going to watch it. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my hope for that one is Obi-Wan has a long storied history. Uh, I don't know how much of that history. I think none of that history is canon anymore. But as we've seen, he does. uh, They do seem to like to bring in stuff and make it canon eventually. And uh, Obi-Wan has a big, long history with uh, what's his face? Darth Maul. So my hope is Mm. we see a little Obi-Wan Darth Maul battles. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Because that was uh, the worst waste of a great character. In episode one, it's like the best guy you've made in 20 years and you kill him in the first movie. Great. <laughs> I have to say I'm a little tattooed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we could, we could use, I mean, it's an entire universe and we just right. keep, we keep shooting in a desert with mud huts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody said, uh, I saw on Twitter, some, one of my uh, pals said that, uh, you know, for a far off part of the universe that's, that no one ever goes to, that planet sure does see a lot of action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, well, I, I do have to apologize because uh, the people who are cutting down trees in my neck of the woods have decided to. Now is a perfect time. So if you hear some tree cutting in the background. That's what that is. Uh, Dave, I did want to <laughs> dive into Prepper Corner for a second before okay. we move along. Sure. sure. And uh, uh, this was driven home to me this morning as I turned on the TV and Laguna Beach was completely on fire. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm um, thinking about you. There's a drill that uh, I've done every year, except before years before COVID, because when COVID hit, it's like, ah, whatever, let it burn. Um, the 15 minute uh, fire drill, literally. Don't tell your family about it. 
you pick a time where you have at least like, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes that nobody has anything planned that you can sneak this in and then do a fire drill, a literal fire drill where you have to have everything ready to go and in your car packed in the seats in 15 minutes. Hmm. See how it goes. And then <laughs> see take how up. much your family can hate you. Exactly. <laughs> see, see, see how many family photos are left behind and pets are left to burn. Um, <laughs> that's the if you if you really want to, you know, put your feet to the fire, do that. That will show you exactly, you know, where your holes are, what you need to shore up. And then you should get mm -hmm. it down to five minutes. I can know, tell you right now I will be sitting in my car by myself for about 45 minutes. OK. <laughs> <laughs> Not really the goal of the, the exercise, but... At least I know I'll survive, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sit out there listening to some podcasts. While. That's right. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really good way to, to test your, you know, test your preparedness. Because around here, we, that's what we get to leave. It's, um, you know, if, it, if it's coming over the hill, you've got 15 minutes to pack up and get out. Yep. So Now, when, a, when you guys were kids, did you actually do fire drills at, at your house? No, just no, the school. Just the school, yeah. Yeah, us too. Just the school. Yes, and annoyingly, in the businesses I worked in in high rise buildings, those were the best. Working oh, on the twenty sixth yeah. floor. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Right when you're I, fixing mm -hmm. some code and you just had a brainstorm about it and you're not going to remember it, time to go downstairs. Yep. Or you just did a launch and it's it's like you know the servers are creaking and crumbling and you're trying to figure it out and then the lights come on. <laughs> I, I will admit, sometimes we did hide under the desk while they cleared the floor and got back to work, but. <laughs> What are you going to do? We had one here in this building, and uh, in the midst of doing an interview, it went off. And the fire alarms in this building are no joke. They have to be at least 120 decibels. It was – I had – I could not leave my ears uncovered. It was painful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess that's how they get you out is just make it so that you can't stay in the building. <laughs> an MRAD in everybody's office. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, really. I mean, I, I need some of those uh, workman's headphones that, that you know, the, the noise can't, the noise, just the physical noise blocker ones. Um, right. It was if awful. They, if that doesn't make you leave, then they play the brown tone. <laughs> right. <laughs> they lock all the bathroom doors and put the pot porta potties outside and then just play the brown note and everybody's got to go. Right. The, yeah. the few stragglers uh, skulking out of the building with their <laughs> stained pants. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but since we've been talking about prepping and my car was up for renewal, um, I, I ended up uh, changing up my, my vehicular strategy. I did have a really nice Explorer, like a loaded Explorer, but my lease was up. Right. And uh, the option was, you know, turn it back in for nothing or buy it. Um, and they gave me, you know, some option to get some money out of it because, you know, they knew it was worth more than what uh, what I could pay for to get it out of the lease, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But mm. they they had this really nice red Jeep or orange Jeep. It's a red orange uh, sitting on the driveway at the dealership for a couple of weeks now. And I drive by it every day and I'm like, I kind of like that thing. So, of course, I go in and I do a test drive. And, of course, I really like the thing. <laughs> and hmm. Ended up coming home with the least technologically advanced vehicle that I have owned since 1989. <laughs> wow. Uh, Look, I, I, I used to have a Jeep. Uh, it was by far my favorite car I've ever owned. It was, uh, yeah, the least comfortable and least technologically advanced car I've ever owned, but the absolute most fun to drive. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This thing is, uh, this thing's actually pretty comfortable. I got to give it that. 
it's uh it's a willies i got a willies jeep like a, i think it's a wrangler unlimited but it's jacked up it's got big falcon shocks on it it looks stupid it really does <laughs> it looks like Perfect. no car no car that you would ever see me in people are like they're just staring at it when they see it on the street but to your prepper concerns you will be able to drive over the masses yep <laughs> the, the yep. zombie apocalypse you will just drive right yep. over them yeah Yep, right. and I will be doing it alone. Point A to point B in a straight line. Yes, and I will be doing it alone because it's so tall. There's no way I'm getting the dogs in, in there. <laughs> At least Aww. Bam Bam. Poor Bam Bam's going to have to run alongside. <laughs> um, and it's funny because uh, I, our friend of the show, Brian, was t- I was talking to him. Because when I was talking about trading my car, and I'm like, I can't get anything higher than this. This one that I have now, because Bam Bam won't be able to jump in it. And then when I got the Jeep, I'm like, oh, fuck it. It's daddy's car. <laughs> She's staying home because <laughs> it is fun. It is just a ton of fun. But I do miss heated seats and safety measures like, you know, collision detection and things like that. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. it's big. The, the knowledge that your car won't tip over if you take a quarter too tight. Yeah. Yeah. It does have roll <laughs> control, though. So there's that. Okay. But it also comes with a monstrous roll cage. So this <laughs> thing looks zombie prepper. You know, I just need to slap on some some cans and things like that and some you know put a deer uh head on the front and i'm ready to go but i don't uh, have a whole lot of experience with jeeps but i did have a friend who had one and somehow we ended up taking a couple hour road trip and i have to say that cured me of my desire for (laughs) jeeps because at highway speed we literally we had to yell at each other to hear each other it was just oh yeah Yep. Definitely loud in there from all the tire noise. They, they are yeah. not comfort vehicles. No, <laughs> this is not a this is not a, a, a vehicle that I would take on a cross country adventure. Back country, yeah. yes. Cross country, hell no. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I will say about Jeep, and you probably are already aware of this, uh, Jason. They are awesome cars, uh, but uh, about the time that you hear hit the five year mark, sell it. Okay, because well, that's when they start to fall apart. Well, I only got three years because this is a 2020. I got it used. So, uh, yeah, and, and they did such a good job at the dealership with their uh, new car scent spray that they hose them down with. It wasn't until two days later that I realized that the previous owner had been a smoker. Mm-hmm. So, and, and you found a few yeah. French fries down in <laughs> <Yeah>. the... Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Pretty much. But, well, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thanks. It's yeah, it's it's so much fun. Uh, I can only drive it for like you know ten minutes a day because still post stroke, I can't drive that far. But someday I'll make it around the block twice, and uh, it, it turned out <laughs> it turned out to actually be cheaper than uh, my my Explorer. So I actually saved money and got a midlife crisis mobile. Perfect. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, and and in no small part, I, the only reason I'm bringing up here in Prepper Corner is no small part is because of the discussions we've been having. <laughs> Damn it, you got you got it back in my head. Well, and and to your point, you had a, there's a, you had a fire alarm this morning. There's so not not a crazy decision. No, I got woken up by my roommate going, "Laguna's on fire! Laguna's on fire! Run, run!" Laguna is not exactly uh, around the corner from you. you no, it's some, not. All of Los Angeles will have to burn to the ground before the fire gets to you. <laughs> exactly. There's a long way to go. We could walk to San Francisco by the time the fire got here. <laughs> ah, okay. Uh, so we talked last week about the IRS and ID.me, and uh, that was the shortest lived story I've seen in a long time. It was fast. <laughs> that was a fast turnaround. So no more ID.me. Um, that's. Everybody was up in arms. They're like, hey, uh, you shouldn't be doing that. And I guess they said, okay, we're not. We won't. (laughs) Done. Next. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, Senator Wyden kind of led the charge on that, and he's the usual suspect for these sorts of things. So, yeah, I, I'm surprised uh, IRS didn't dig in, but good for them. Yep. And uh, something that we've been talking about uh, a lot here is the crypto and the NFTs and blah, 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 yada, yada, and how, how anonymity is not really a thing when it comes to the <laughs> blockchain, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have said from day one that these crypto millionaires who love to talk about it online are really, really stupid, and they should kind of watch their back. Well, it has, as we've said so many times, told you so. Uh, <laughs> uh, people are starting to get kidnapped and uh, robbed because of their crypto. And uh, now being kidnapped and robbed over a drawing of an ape. (laughs) There you have it. Yep. So please, please, somebody kidnap Paris Hilton next. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. What a world. What a world. But it's going to keep happening. So, uh, yeah, take some of the take some of that uh, filthy Bitcoin that you have and uh, hire some security. That's all I got to say. And maybe Mm -hmm. don't crow about it online. Yeah. Just a thought. (laughs) That's the better part. Shut the hell up already. (laughs) So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Speaking of Senator Wyden, Twitter has informed him that it is transitioning away from using Bido AG services to deliver 2FA codes to its users. This is a Swiss tech firm. They're an established provider of automated text messages that many big companies have been using to send out not just uh, 2FA codes, but also sales promotions and appointment reminders. Uh, Unfortunately, one of its co-founders operated a secret surveillance operation that helped governments locate users through their phones. Ka-ching! Company COO Ilya Gorilik allegedly sold surveillance technology firms access to the networks, allowing them to track people using their mobile devices. These companies then in turn contracted with government agencies. Aside from Twitter, clients also include Google, WhatsApp, LinkedIn, Telegram, TikTok, Tencent, and Alibaba. Basically, uh, everyone. So, former clients. Former clients, one would assume, yes. Uh, so, I mean, again, it just goes to show it doesn't matter how solid your techno- technology is. If there's a bad actor, particularly if they happen to be running the company, uh, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. The supply chain is long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just want to close with this fun little story here. Uh, turns out some uh, folks who drive Mazdas in Seattle found that their uh, entertainment systems were bricked simply because they listened to a particular radio station. That NPR, um, man. <laughs> you gotta, I mean, come on. What, you'd think, wouldn't it have been more poetic had it been some sort of heavy metal station or something like that, right? Yep. Just someone, imagine someone listening to the, the soothing dulcet tones of their, of their local NPR station <laughs> and they say, we'll be right back after this. And then the system goes dark and that's the, it. Gets the infotainment system loop. went, finally, I, I, I can't take another one of those music beds. I'm bricking myself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Infotainment system commits suicide. Yeah, dulcet um, suicide. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fascinating thing. Now, uh, folks who track these sort of things, you may have heard, I don't know, it was over a year ago that some folks found that there were episodes of the podcast 99% Invisible that were crashing Mazda infotainment systems. Mm-hmm. And they weren't bricking them, but they were crashing them. You, If you played certain episodes of that podcast, your system would crash and reset. Right. Um, and it was be- – and I think they tracked it down to the actual characters 99% caused some sort of 
problem in, in the, the system, the way the, the system interpreted it. Yeah, they were probably trying to like uh, de-encode it. Like it was probably like, you know, HTML entity encoded or expected it to be and then it wasn't and then it, you know, retranslated it to something else, I bet. Yeah. In this case, evidently, the radio station sent out a, a like an icon image. You know how radio stations mm -hmm. will put out a little – and they put out the image without a file extension. And that was all it took for <laughs> the Mazda system to find itself in an endless loop. That's some now, good code right there. That's some good oh code. Oh, my gosh. I know, <laughs> right? Um, now, I drive a Mazda. Uh, my, mine is outside of the range of model years that end up being an issue here. But I will say that the one disappointment I have with my car, and I do love my car, is the infotainment system. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least yours works. Don't look at it gift works. in the mouth. <laughs> oh, it's so slow. It's just so pokey slow. Um but Mazda, to their credit, has said that if anyone finds that their system is bricked, that they will do a free replacement of it. Um, evidently, there's some As board they in there should. that they need to swap out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As they absolutely. absolutely should, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, uh, supply chain issues mean that these parts are not easy to come by. So there's that. But uh, I don't know. Just it's, I, I found this as... Both fascinating, but also kind of hilarious. <clears throat> Every everything, everything is run by a computer now. That's the the craziest thing. Like you, not you, my Jeep, not your Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Right. There's a little family of squirrels living under the hood. That's right. As long as I keep yeah. them in nuts, I'm going forever. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I remember like 20 years ago, my dad complaining that like you you can't just uh, pop open the hood on a new car anymore and tinker with it. You got to take it somewhere and they plug it into a computer. And I mean, that's that's our reality now. And it's just it's uh, it's funny because we just keep finding all these all these weird little things that happen with just slightly bad coding a couple of weeks ago we talked about like a clocks that couldn't set properly because they didn't they didn't they didn't code correctly for gps that it was receiving and like all this all these weird things all the bad code is coming to light yet mm -hmm. we still made it through 1999 hmm. yes we did oh well we did mostly we did. because of prince <laughs> god rest his soul Over at Patreon, we've got Nick. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Nick. At PayPal, we've got David. Oh, boy. I'm always bad at pronouncing these. Wu Wan. I'll just go with that. Breed, Jens, Mark, Ralph. You'd think I'd be better with the Chinese wife who speaks, you know, Cantonese around the house. Yeah, you'd think. You'd, you'd think. think. But I'm horrible. Yeah, over at our tip jar, we've got Linda, John, Daryl, Jeff, Andrew, and Anne. Woohoo! We actually got some reviews this week. Andreas first is a five-star rating. Why not? Just as you take a trip to my home country for free movies and or TV shows, I listen to your pod ad-free in the same country. To Brian, good for you that you embrace the culture of Canada. To Jason, I wish you a great recovery and good luck with the new show on the tube. I'm going to watch it for free with no ads. And yes, I will add to the tip jar someday. Not today, but someday. I do like it when people tell you that they're stealing your stuff for free, but someday we'll give you some money. Eh, you know, some days better than no day. <laughs> yep. And JW4847 came in with a five star, says, great tech show with sci-fi with Siffy sprinkled in. <laughs> Siffy. Jason and, 
Siffy. Jason and Brian are amazing hosts delivering great tech content. I especially love Jason's detail to the quality of the podcast that they produce, as there are many podcasts out there that sound like crap. They are informed and do their research and don't fly by the seat of their pants for the most part. <laughs> Little They're buying know, it, Jason. Friend. They're buying it. <laughs> they bought it. My favorite part is the Siffy. Sorry, no, wait, security section with Dave. You guys make me laugh every week. Keep up the good work. Well, we shall. We shall. And uh, I do want a, a huge, huge, massive shout out to all of the uh, donors to the Jason Get Well Fund. Uh, I haven't written anybody back yet because PayPal, when they send me the emails, do not put your return address in. So I have to go to PayPal and scrape them and find them, and then I will email you back. But um, one of the interesting things that comes out of uh, stroke recovery, which they tell you in the books, is uh, we have half the energy of normal people, yet everything we do takes twice as much energy. So I'm running on quarter impulse most of the time, so I don't have a lot of gas in the tank. When <laughs> Once I get a little more gas in the tank, I will write back to everybody who has, has sent something in, and I appreciate it so fucking much, guys. Thank you all to the ladies and gents who have sent in. It really, really helps. So much appreciated. Yes, thank you, everybody, for doing that, and thank you for separating it and thus making our finances a bit easier. We <laughs> appreciate easier, that. Yes. Yep. And I want to give a shout-out to Travis, uh, who basically sent me a short novella about firearms and whatnot and their legality in Canada. I appreciate all that information. Thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoyed the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on, and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Just look for that little share button in your player. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 540. McTwist! Woo! From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.